Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Want to get right to our outstanding guest, but did want to mention that I don't love a cider total for Bears Chargers tomorrow, but there will be some opportunities to cash with player props. There's a few I absolutely love. My column on these selections posted right now on 670thescore.com. We welcome in an old friend on Early Odds on Sports Radio 670 The Score. His name, Drew Dinsick. He's on Twitter at whale underscore capper, and he hosts the Deep Dive podcast. We'll go over all of our favorite NFL sides and totals for this week. But, Drew, I've got to imagine you have a bit of a love-hate relationship at this time of the year because you're all in on the NFL. You spend all summer doing all your prep, and now, boom, for the next few months, you've also got to cap the NBA. Yes, it's been overwhelming this week. It really has. Uh, just the, you know, just kind of going through and kind of getting my process back up to speed, like remembering like, oh, man, I have to do all of this this time of the day. I got to keep an eye on two markets now and what's moving and who's moving what. And it's a, it is a very, very challenging time of the season. Uh, and uh, looking forward to kind of continuing the, the hot start in the NBA. But uh it's a long season, and there's a lot of plays left, so it's uh, it's going to be. It's, I, I got to keep keep my uh, my nose on the grind. All right, excellent. Let's uh, move on to the NFL. That's why the people are here, and we'll just go back and forth with our favorite plays and our thoughts on uh, both of our picks. Uh, I'll start things off. I'm not a trends guy at all, but I, as far as this week goes, after breaking down the entire slate, I'm finding myself on road underdogs, which is a little bit scary because those have been hitting at a very high clip, and you know that's coming back the other way. At some point, uh, let's start out by you. It's San Francisco. Carolina is a five and a half point dog, probably a defensive battle in this matchup. The Panthers coming off the bye. They've won their last four when they played relatively pretty strong opponents. They were pretty well at Houston. They won 16 to 10 against the Rams. They lost a close one by a field goal. Uh, Ron Rivera, very smart, not asking Kyle Allen to do too much. Uh, defensively, whatever metric you want to look at, DVOA, whatever, uh, both of these teams are, are in the top five. And it may be surprising to some that the Niners, if you look at total DVOA, it's New England on an island by themselves. Then it's a drop-off to San Francisco, and they're all by themselves before you get to the rest of the league. 
And Jimmy G hasn't done too much. I, I don't know if you want to react too much to that monsoon that they were in last week against the Redskins, but Garoppolo, seven touchdowns, six interceptions. Be interesting to see if they're in a position when they need him to um, lead them down the field late in games. What happens? They trade for Emmanuel Sanders this week. The kicker that the city of Chicago wanted isn't even making any field goals yet, but I, I lean towards the Panthers getting five and a half, Drew. What do you think? Is it uh, too early to say that the Niners are this year's Bears? No, because I've been thinking that all along. <laughs> In fact, I was already thinking, well, should I fade the Niners now or do I wait an entire year? <laughs> yeah, wait till next season. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, no, the, I, I mean, the Niners are getting it done in a lot of the same ways the Bears were last year. Like, their front seven is dominating. They're, I would say they're the best front seven across the NFL, maybe top two, clearly top five. This is not a great matchup for them. I mean, the, you know, this is a, a Panthers team that uh, is protecting Kyle Allen well. Uh, they are doing a nice job of distributing pass and run uh, with, uh, you know, some outstanding performance from Christian McCaffrey at this point. And even though the, uh, you know, the Niners are this masterful, monstrous front seven, uh, you can still run on this team. And I think the key matchup in this game is really going to come down to McCaffrey versus Warner. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Warner can contain him, if he can keep up with him, if, you know, if, if, if he can prevent McCaffrey from finding open space in that middle kind of five to ten yards down the field, then, um, then the Panthers are going to have a tough time scoring scoring here. I can see this playing out one of two ways. You know, this is, plays out like the Carolina-Houston game where Carolina, if they can generate some, uh, put some pressure on on the uh, the Niners to score, you know, early on and, uh, you know, create some turnovers, you know, play a little bit of field position battle. I could see them eking out a, a pretty, uh, you know, a defensive uh, battle here. Uh, alternatively, you know, this, this could look like you know, Niners versus the uh, the Rams. I mean, there's a possibility that Kyle yep. Allen just doesn't have the goods against this defense and that they just utterly smother these guys. So I, I took a small position on uh, Panthers' money line just in, you know, because I have about 40, 45% chance that it's Cafe and this looks like. Uh, Houston, Carolina, and you have the Panthers eke out another win. And, you know, it, and McCaffrey has looked amazingly good when he's had fresh legs. And so coming off the bye, I think that's pretty important here. Uh, he should be able to do enough to put a little bit of pressure on these Niners and force some turnovers. And, I mean, now, obviously the, the, the Panthers' defense is an opportunistic ball-hawking unit. They would be the ones forcing the turnovers. But it, it would come if they uh, have a, a little bit of a lead and put a little bit of pressure on the Niners. So uh, I think the under is a great look. And I, I took a small swing on Carolina on the my line with about plus 200 odds. Okay, obviously agree with you there. And yeah, during this four-game winning streak, you mentioned the Panthers' opportunistic defense. That's exactly what's been happening. And I want to hammer home your point about the Bears and Niners comp. You know, it's pretty good and something you didn't even bring up, takeaways. They couldn't force any takeaways last year. Coming at a huge clip this year, and and that was just like the Bears last year. 36 takeaways Mm -hmm. they forced, and here comes the regression in 2019. Yeah, it's uh, the parallels are spooky. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, how about your favorite side or total in the NFL? Ooh, favorite uh, favorite total is going to be this Houston Oakland over. Um, <laughs> I know this, and this almost seems too easy to be honest with you. So sometimes when it's too easy, it doesn't end up playing out that great. So we'll see. But uh, but as far as solid look, I feel like 
the defensive backfield injuries for Houston are being, you know, underplayed in terms of how impactful that's going to be to allow uh, Derek Carr, who's going to potentially have, uh, you know, some added weapons in the passing game back. You know, this is a team in Oakland that could have scored 40 against that Packers team. There were some very, very fluky, inopportunistic turnovers in that game that took points off the board for Oakland uh, that uh, I think uh, is betraying a little bit how, you know, how dangerous this offense is. Anyone who watched Oakland, Chicago, and London knows that, uh, you know, Oakland can't be discounted offensively. And I think if they can get into, you know, 24, 27 points here, this is this thing flies over the total because Houston and Deshaun Watson uh, match up perfectly against this defense. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for them to really shine. Uh, this has all of the whips of uh, Houston versus Atlanta, the way I handicapped this game, where you have some, you know, some competitiveness, some back and forth scoring in the first half. We go to halftime, it's like 17-17 or 21-21. And then uh, Houston just finds their, their fifth gear in the uh, second half and pulls away. Uh, but uh, the over in this one, I think, is a pretty solid look. It's been hanging around 51.5 all week. I actually sold up to 53.5 to get even a better uh, price on that uh, because mm-hmm. I think this uh, the floor on this one, to me, is about 54. And alt over, okay. Uh, I, I was laughing when you said it looks a little bit too easy because all week on You Better You Bet, Nick was all over this. I believe Lockie was in on this. Evan Silva said this was his favorite total of the week. So uh, it it does scare me a little bit. But, yeah, Oakland and Houston on the over there. I I do agree. And maybe that's the look. But I actually have a side on this game as well. This is actually my second favorite play. Uh, Yeah, you mentioned last week the Raiders should have covered uh, Derek Carr fumbling into the end zone like he does every single year. Maybe we shouldn't have been shocked. Three red zone trips, and it looks like a blowout with the Packers putting up 42. But it wasn't really because uh, three times in the red zone and the Raiders walk away with nothing. When we were looking at this schedule, I figured this point in the season I'd be fading the Raiders, but I find myself looking to back the Raiders. They haven't been home uh, for a game since week two of the season And I think it's a pretty good spot to fade the Texans, even though they're coming off that loss against Indianapolis. Uh, Rough games against two of the better coaches in the NFL at Kansas City, at Indianapolis. I like the Raiders getting a touchdown. Mm. Yeah, that that specific angle there I think is useful and applies also to the Colts game. Um, You know, that that Houston-Indy game was super important last week. Uh, and then to expect both teams who are now at home favored by a touchdown to come out and repeat that level of intensity and that you know that type of a performance, I think, is asking a lot. Um, so I agree with your look on Oakland, and I think that plays into a, a, a side on Denver as well this week. We had Andy on uh, You Better You Bet, your partner on the Deep Dive, your co-host, and, and he said that you threw out that uh, you were making an, a case for Denver Moneyline. You still there? Yeah, I am, and I, I acknowledge that there's a huge coaching mismatch here. Vic <laughs> uh, Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. No yes. one will argue that, but uh, he has a lot to learn in terms of kind of being a complete head coach in this league, uh, and I think Frank Reich is pretty clearly in the top three across the NFL in terms of coaching uh, you know, talent and, and impressiveness, uh, especially this season, what he's been able to do. So uh, that exists, and you know, the, but but all that said, you know, he's done a nice job of not really asking Brissett to do too much, right? Like he's kind of kept him under wraps. He's not asking him to throw the ball deep downfield. His average depth of target, you know, until that Houston game was about five yards, which is super super short for an NFL quarterback. So you know, he was kind of you know keeping him in bubble wrap. 
not letting them make the mistakes that were going to lose them games. And then, you know, lo and behold, we face the dynamic offense in Houston. And, you know, okay, now take it, take away the bubble wrap, let them throw, you know, do, surprise them a little bit. Let's try to take advantage of their poor secondary. Uh, and it worked. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he tries to rein Brissett back in this week. They go a little bit more conservative with their game plan, which I think does open up the opportunity for Denver to put some pressure on them. They're coming in off of 10 days rest. They're coming in, uh, you know, embarrassed off of a primetime mm-hmm. beatdown. The metrics would tell you that Denver is a much, much, much better team than two and four. So I think this is a little bit more even than the uh, than kind of the, the market expects. And if Denver can get a lead and play with a lead, they're going to be tough to beat because Philip Lindsay's you know a dynamic player. He runs extremely hard, um, and you know they can mix and match with their you know, with their backfield and attack you in multiple ways. Uh, Cortland Sutton is having a breakout season. He's you know he's impressive. Now, all that said. If they are behind, I don't trust Flacco for a lick to get the comeback win. Uh, and in fact, if if they are behind, I could see Flacco throwing himself into trouble and them not even getting a cover. So this is kind of a situation where I felt like there was more value on the money line than taking the points, just because I could see one of two things play out here: where um, you know they play solid, they play from ahead, the Broncos that is, and that they get the win uh, versus their behind and you know the game state plays against them and Flacco makes mistakes and gets sacked and they can't come up with a uh, with a cover here so uh, I, again, I took another swing at a plus 200 money line for the Broncos. And, you know, a lot of it is the situational kind of good situation for the Broncos, poor situation for the uh, for the Colts. Sure. I, and I know you're a big Frank Wright guy, the, the Colts head coach. And something that always jumps out to me every week when I start to look at some of the numbers, the lack of explosive plays by this Colts offense and just how efficient they are on third down week after week after week. It's a, it's a tough team to fade, but I get the spot there. Yeah, and... I'm expecting the more out of the um, out of the Broncos defense than we saw in that Thursday night football game last yeah. week. I think they're good. I think they have capable. They are, they, they're they're a complete defense. They can play up. And uh, you know, as we talked about, uh, Vic Fangio knows how to coordinate this unit. Uh, I think we saw you know we saw sign. You know, they shut out Tennessee. Uh, they you know they played a spectacular. Uh, you know, a couple of games there. And uh, and then, you know, they had a letdown on a short week against an all-time coach and Andy Reid, which, you know, shouldn't be a huge shocker. And that was a weird game anyway with Pat Mahomes getting injured. So I, I don't know that you want to read too much into what happened in that Thursday night game. And I think looking more broadly at their season, I think we can expect a, a pretty solid defensive effort from this Broncos team. This is Early Odds on Sports Radio 670. The score, Joe Ostrowski here. My guest, Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper, host of the Deep Dive podcast. And uh, unless you have another pick that you want to give out, well, there are some games that I find intriguing that I wanted to get your quick thoughts on. Was there, was there anything else that you wanted to give out? Well, I came real close to backing the Jets this week. And, and, and in well, the end, I, I was thinking yeah, about the Jets when you said you don't want to yeah. overreact to to one game. And I'm, and I'm thinking yeah. Monday night, Monday night. <laughs> it was close. I want, cause I mean, I had this lined up for a while. Like I don't really fancy the Jags as anywhere near kind of the top tier of the NFL teams. And I don't think that you should be laying six, seven points at home uh, against a, you know, a team that just got embarrassed on national television that, you know, is going to be hungry. They're going to be motivated. They're going to be trying to, you know, kind of right the ship here. And this sets up well for the Jets. I guess I read into that Jets performance on Monday night and I 
say, yeah, okay, the the quarterback stunk. He stunk. He had a horrible game. It just went sideways from him from Jump Street, and he never really pulled it back together. We know, we, you know, it was all it was obvious as can be. Now he was going up against one of the top pass defenses that we've seen in the NFL in like 20 years, so that mm-hmm. should be a huge shock for a second year quarterback who's what like 21. So it's uh, it, it it's it's easy to kind of you know put that behind you and move on to the next game. You know when you have a you know short memory and you're looking to rebound your your team here. And the Jets' defense in that game never quit. You know, you didn't see them walking around with their hands in their hips, like shrugging at each other, like, what are we supposed to do? We need help here. Like, they continued to hit hard, tackle well, uh, and contain uh, the Patriots to the best that they could. And, you know, the fact that they held the Patriots to 33 with all those short fields, with all those turnovers, I think is a, is a testament and a credit to the Jets' defense. Um, and so I think they can be the uh, differentiating factor in this game, and I think they're going to give Gardner Minshew, a young quarterback, some tough looks. I think they're going to be able to contain Leonard Fournette very well. This sets up pretty well for the Jets to get an ugly, low-scoring win, uh, not unlike what we saw uh, New Orleans Saints go in there. And this is a Decent look for the Jets with the points are on the money line, but an even better look on the under, in my opinion. Yeah, out in the Vegas sports books, that number is now up to seven. And yeah, it's, as soon as Jeez. as soon as you're uh, ten minutes into that game, well, you're thinking, oh, I'm an idiot. It's Belichick well, against a young yeah. quarterback. It, how many oh, times yeah. have we seen yeah. this? This New England defense yeah. is now on pace for fifty freaking takeaways. Oh man, Incredible. yeah, it, it was right there for you. But yeah, now it feels like you're getting some value, at least a couple of points there. So I'm in the circuit contest. I have to f- pick five games every week. The Jets are on my list of six or seven. I don't know if they're going to make the cut at five there. So uh, I do agree with that look. I like that idea. So uh, Whale Capper says Jets, Broncos, Houston, Oakland over. And, you know, a question mark on the Jets, I should mention. I like the the Panthers five and a half, the Raiders getting a touchdown. Quick hitters on a few other games that I'll be keeping a close eye on. We have the Giants getting a touchdown at the Lions. Daniel Jones, last four games. He has not thrown for over 225 yards. And and it's the hard luck Lions. You go back a couple of weeks ago, they should have had that win against the Packers. They win that game against Green Bay on Monday night. They're 3-1-1, one and one and they're in first place. But now we're sitting here, and uh, they're trading away Quandre Diggs, and they have the easiest matchup since week one against Arizona. I, I want to see how they end up responding in this one. My first reaction was Giants, but Jones has been so poor, and it's expected in a rookie year. I don't know if I'm going to back him. Yeah, I, you summed up my thoughts on this one pretty well. Uh, I think that Diggs trade has the potential to just unwind the entire, you know, kind of mental state of that defensive side of the locker room, uh, which would, in my, in any other matchup with any other quarterback with any other offense, I would be fading the Lions here significantly. But with Daniel Jones, I just can't pull the trigger. So this, I, I, I'm, I'm woke on the the Lions defense quitting. <laughs> Um, and uh, I would like to see how they perform in this game. I, I, like an ideal scenario here is, is that the Giants only score like 17 when there were you know, clearly signs that the Lions defense quit and they could have scored 30, and then next week there's a little bit of a depressed opportunity so that we can uh, come in a little bit harder against these Detroit Lions who will be playing the Oakland Raiders finally returning back to the Oakland Coliseum who, can, uh, who should be able to hang some serious points on this Lions defense. All right, last one for you. Are we the idiots? Are we going to be sitting there on Sunday afternoon and saying it was right there for us? The Falcons have already quit on Dan Quinn. The bye week's here. They just announced that he's fired. Why aren't we willing to lay a touchdown with the Seahawks at the Falcons? It's true. It's 
it's a great question. And for me, the answer, why did I not, uh, was entirely around. I just, I don't, I can't trust Pete Carroll to put his foot on Dan Quinn's throat, having had him an accolade of the Pete Carroll regime and kind of, you know, Pete Carroll being a generally kind of overly nice guy. Uh, I think this sets up for, you know, a, a pretty clear opportunity where, Seattle controls the game state from whistle to whistle, uh, but they don't do enough to embarrass Quinn and the Falcons as Quinn uh, is, uh, you know, given a final opportunity to to try to do something in this league. I mean, even if even if they win, there's no way they keep them, right? I have no idea <laughs> in what universe they are seeing that they kept him up after the last couple weeks. That's true. Like the way that the Falcons defense, like the tape, the the video highlights. If you've been watching football your whole life, if you own a football franchise like Arthur Blank, and you saw the way that the defense was coached, and you look and you're like, wait, we fired all the defensive coordinators from last year, and now Dan Quinn is in charge, and it's that bad? There's legitimately, there's no explanation for keeping him other than you just won't, you know, you feel like you owe him something for taking you to your, you know, your first Super Bowl in decades, I guess. Uh, but the, the you know, Quinn is clearly, he was carried by Kyle Shanahan in that moment without question. Uh, and his inability to do anything to coach up any of these players on defense, uh, to have them doing anything correctly, scheme-wise, coverage-wise, is a glaring, you know, glaringly huge problem that's not going to be fixed until you know, remove him from his, uh, his charge. I-, I lied. I did want to squeeze one more in there because uh, we've got more Packers luck on this season. They get the Kansas City game, but they get the Kansas City game without Patrick Mahomes. Matt Moore is under center. And it's a primetime game, and what's so interesting this season, again, not a trends guy, and actually this happens from year to year, but they're really covering this year. When you get that new quarterback in, the first game in, team rallies around that quarterback. At Arrowhead, the Chiefs are getting three and a half against Green Bay. Yeah, this has whiffs of, uh, you know, Saints, everyone else stepping up their performance. You saw it in the game mm-hmm. against the Broncos. Uh, you know, if, if if everyone in that Chiefs locker room is looking at Pat Mahomes and they're like, well, he's the best player in football, you know, he's going to figure out a way to get us this win. We don't necessarily have to step up our level of play. Like, yeah, you get some weird, you know, clunky losses like you had against the Texans and the Colts. Uh, and then he goes down and everybody looks at each other at halftime and they're like, we have got to step this up. We are going to carry this team. We are going to carry the torch while he's gone. Um, I can entirely see this scenario play out where you have, uh, you know, a week of Andy Reid coaching Matt Mora, finally getting some first team reps with the offense. You have Andy Reid, who's kind of a, a backup QB whisperer anyway. This sets up, I think, pretty well for the uh, Chiefs to, to be competitive in this game and to um, to shock the world, I suppose. Although yeah. I, I didn't make a play, I didn't make a play on it because Aaron Rodgers is awfully tough to fade in prime time. I know, um, but uh, I'm still not buying the Matt Lafleur era at all. Uh, I'm still not buying that they have things figured out on offense, that they've got uh, the right play sequencing, play calling. Like they're scripting plays well. They're they're playing like impeccable first 15 plays of the game. It's getting them a lead and the ability to play from ahead. Uh, and then, you know, that opens things up a little bit offensively for Aaron Rodgers to kind of freestyle as as needed throughout the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
they're making poor adjustments at halftime. They're doing things that I think will, in the end, come back and bite them. So, I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not buying the, the Packers long term. They are getting damn lucky this season. Well, I, all I was, these home games. <laughs> I know. They got all the home division games already out of the way. Refs playing, yeah. Refs it, playing with them. Yeah. Right. It, <laughs> there's the refs. And, you know, you mentioned the Niners early to the 2018 Bears comp. I was wondering if it's the Packers who are the 2018 yeah. Bears. Just everything going their way. I know the Bears didn't have a quarterback, and they certainly don't have a quarterback right now. And if you want to buy into Green Bay, it just feels like the absolute worst time you can possibly do so. They they got back-to-back road games coming up, and I know the Chargers have been horrible this year, but you still have to go out west to take them on. Then Carolina, San Francisco, the losses are going to start to pile up. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure, their schedule gets a heck of a lot, and they uh, they finish the season with uh, two on the road, right? So this is uh, Minnesota, they, they Detroit. Have, yeah, right. So that's not going to be an easy way to to finish. And if they don't win the North, then yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of on record. You know, in today's NFL, there's no way for um, a wild card team to finish the season with two road games, week 16, week 17, and then go on the road and, uh, and mm. drive their way to the Super Bowl. It's just too many, too many back to back to back road games. Eventually, the fatigue sets in, and you have a, a performance that's underwhelming. We saw with the the Chargers and the Colts last last year in the playoffs on the same weekend. Very good point, because a lot of times we just kind of separate the regular season and the postseason. We think it's a fresh start. Like, no, those games actually did happen to these human beings. Uh, Drew Dinsick hosts the Deep Dive podcast. He's on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Drew, great stuff. Let's do it again. Hey, Joe, best of luck this season, and I appreciate you having me on. I'm Joe Ostrowski, and I'll be at Candlelight on the north side, 7452 Northwestern Avenue, with Lance Briggs on Tuesday for a Miller Lite Top Draft broadcast. You better you bet on the Radio.com app and also in podcast form Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Follow me on Twitter at Joe0670. Best of luck, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.